Let's uh, talk more about these great records you guys put out uh, toward the late 70s. So Witch Doctor came in 79, and uh, what a leap over that debut we were talking about. So um, what kind of went into, you know, what I would call the first full-fledged Instant Funk album, that one, Witch Doctor. So uh, what do you remember about that experience? Well, that experience was, okay, well, the first thing that, that you have to realize is that at the time from that first album to that second album we were still basically young kids i mean like i'm talking about i was like what eight, 18 19 like 20 maybe you know and uh uh like raymond and like scotty well scotty was four, was four years old older than me and raymond about the same you know so we were still you know, you know, like learning, basically, you know, so, so at the time of running into, like, Bunny, and Life, and, like, Dexter, and Sam Peaks, and all these guys, you know, we, we're steady learning now, so, so we, we were more into the music industry at that point than we were when we first started the course. So from that time, because Gamma and them only did that one that one album, and so we basically didn't have any deal. So we decided to at that time because like the Carries up in New York was just starting their South their South South Soul label, and Norman Harris and Earl Young and them were doing things up there with them, and and like Bunny got to know them, and we started to go up to like the city and start to do things, you know because. Like, like I got, I got my mind made up, like started, I mean, we actually started writing that song maybe about two years before we recorded it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't like it was a spontaneous thing. No, that song, we worked on that song for a long time, you know, and, um, you know, so, so changing production like cities uh the way they do things in new york was totally different than the way they do things in philly you know uh new york was shall, shall i say wide open you know so um so the the element from the first one to like the second was like when we were around to the second we were more like ready for it you know, we knew what we knew what to do then. You know, yeah, all that time and hours put in the studio. I mean, it paid off. Oh yeah, 
And you guys came out with two albums that same calendar year, the uh, Witch mm-hmm. Doctor and Instant Funk. Mm-hmm. And um, But uh, Witch Doctor was first in the year or Instant Funk was first in that year? Uh, wait a minute, I, I don't understand what you're asking me. Well, in 79, you had two albums. One was called Instant Funk, one was oh, called okay. Witch Doctor. Okay, yeah, like the Instant Funk was first. That was first, okay. Yeah, so I... A misspoke in saying that Witch Doctor was the second. It was really the mm-hmm. self-titled one. Um, yeah. They both came out in 79. So, nice. And that self-titled one had Got My Mind Made Up, the, the huge hit that you didn't yeah. see coming down the line. No, no, I didn't see coming. Um, no. So for viewers and listeners, that hit number one on the R&B and the dance chart and top 20 on pop. So mm-hmm. it was uh, mm-hmm. quite a mm-hmm. um, phenomenon. Uh, that year yeah and um yeah. definitely sounded like nothing else on the radio at that time you know so that's really saying oh, something yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well like i said you know i didn't realize how like mega it was until i was i was flying back from los angeles in first class and it just hit me bang you got a hit record <laughs> and i said oh do i i said oh shoot i didn't know I said, oh, this is why I'm up in first class, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it carried the album, too. I mean, that was also mm-hmm. a gold uh, record, I'm pretty sure. And um, Yeah. I want to mention, as we go through this, uh, Kim, I want to mention a couple of my other favorites, and you can offer, like, comment if you remember mm-hmm. anything about them. Um, um, that album had Dark Vader, which was obviously of the time with Star Wars and, and all right. that. Right, right. Uh, but it was funky and really, uh, you know, mm-hmm. strong lead vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, what else on that one? I'll Be Doggone, really funky. A great organ. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Jimmy before. Um, oh, yeah. 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 And the bass, too, real up front. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, well, I can tell you here. Darth Vader, I never liked the song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, to, I to, never liked the song, man. To, uh, to I never uh, liked it. Well, well, it's not that I'm not saying like I just didn't like the song, but I didn't know where it was coming from when Bunny was doing it. Okay, I just couldn't make the make the connection with. Star Wars. I mean, well, I well, well, I knew who Darth, Darth Vader was, but the vibe of doing a song for for Star Wars just wasn't up my alley, and I didn't like the the song. But with that said, as I started listening to the song and hearing it, then it start. I started to warm up to it a little, a little bit, but. From the beginning, I didn't like that song at all. Well, just with the name, you expect it, and you're thinking novelty song, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, well, I just, uh, you know, uh, at that time, Scott, I'm just saying that it was just one of those things that I had to learn a- about, you know, that it's more than what you like. It's more about what's appealing to your fan base 
You know, it's about what they like. It's not about what I like. What did you really like then? Who are some of the other groups that were out then that were among your favorites? That were out then? Uh, well, I was a big fan of, of the Barkays. Um, I, uh, GQ. Um, uh, who else did I like? Well, and I liked Rick James a lot until until I toured with him. <laughs> that goes back uh, to what we were talking about a moment yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, but very very talented guy. Though I, you know, I I'm I'm not taking nothing away from Rick. It's just just the tour scene was was a little horror story. Um, and I I liked Barry Barry White. Ah, the maestro. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like, what a class guy, man. What a class guy, you know. Well, like, Cameo was good, too. Yeah, Cameo. Uh-huh. So back to the Witch Doctor album, um, I thought that this record was better than, overall, better than mm -hmm. the Instant Funk album. Mm -hmm. So to me, okay. it went to another level still. And um, especially the title track, really funky in the pocket. Um, mm -hmm. Witch Doctor, Body Shine, great bass line on that. Mm -hmm. um, I hear some Grand Central Station coming through on that one. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, actually, on that, uh, well, you well you said like the Witch, the witch Doctor. Uh, we actually... Uh, well, James. Well, James Carmichael sang the lead, but um, but Keith, but Keith John was singing the second lead with him. Keith John, uh, you uh, remember uh, uh, what what was his dad's name? Uh, uh, what's his? Uh, I can't think of the, of the boy's father's name, but they were called the John the John brothers. Oh, little Willie John. Remember Little Willie John? This was from way back in the day. I, I don't. No. Well, well. Anyway, these were his two sons. They were young, young guys at that time. But Keith, uh, Keith, and uh, and like Kevin could like really, really sing. Well, Keith actually sings uh, like backup for for like Stevie Wonder now. Mm. You know. Well, this is him like singing the the second lead along with James. You know. And uh, you know, I thought it was a very in interesting track. Um, you know, like the concept was uh, like different. I I wish it had gotten a lot more airplay. You know, well, there's a lot of stuff on there that I wish had have gotten a lot of airplay, but that's another story. You know, the uh, body shine, body shine. Uh, uh, you know, like Raymond and Scotty and me and uh, Larry and Larry Davis, which was our horn player. Uh, actually, like the horns on that record was the like Brecker Brothers. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Mike and like Randy. Oh man, listen, man. And the sax solo that that uh, that like Mike took. You know, he he took. I don't know five or six different. So solos that I was happy with any one of them 
But he was saying, no, let me do it again. Let me do it again. Let me do it again. You know, see, these are the stories that people don't get to hear, you know, when you're in there recording, you know. But uh, great guys, man. And uh, uh, what's the, uh, the bone player's name? It was Tom uh, Malone. He was from the from like the Saturday Night Live band, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, you know, but it was great times, though, you know. Really hard, funk-like driven you know, we we at at that time I was into a lot of rock sounds. You know, like I was getting into a lot of rock sounds. So I tried to do, and uh, so I tried to put that element into that particular song. You know, like we well, we actually we we do that on our live show now. But of course, we like take it to a whole a whole another level now. You know. So. Yeah, I can feel some of that rock edge uh, to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the any particular rock bands that you were uh, into? Oh yeah, man, I like Aerosmith, uh, 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 Van Van Halen. Uh, you know, of course, Slash, man. You know, I, I love Slash. You know, um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, like Journey, um, Pink Floyd. I love all all them guys, man. You know, you know. I'm telling you, man. You can sit here, man, and just and just be all in tune with that stuff, man. You know. Yeah. You know, and and you know, it's one thing thing about rock players. You know, I I don't know, but it's been my opinion and view that white guys were just born to play the guitar, man. I'm telling you, man. I'm tell I'm telling you, man. Listen, every single I mean, it they guys are so talented, man. With the speed, it's like it's like the guitar is part of their body, you know. And and so I I love to I love to hear uh, you know like you know the different ideas, the different sounds, uh, you know how they create like the overtones and all this kind of stuff, you know. So. Well, with you saying that, you know, there was not a lot of guitar solos on the Instant Funk albums. Were were you good with that, or were you kind of pushing for more solos, or where did you stand on that? Well, I, well, you know, at that time, you know, my, my coming up, I, I focused in on, like, rhythm playing. You know, you know, like, rhythm was my forte. Um lead get guitar and stuff like that i basically started to really get into it maybe i don't know i'd say about now about about 10 years ago you know i just started going going into like the lead stuff and and at and at that time be, because of how the group was was like funk Funks um, uh, was put was put together. That everything that we did, we always had another guitar player to come in and do like the lead stuff. Because I always did like you know like the rhythm. So so it took me a while to actually start to break myself into lead because that's not where my excitement was when I first started playing. 
you know, I was more into uh, uh, core, uh, core-like rhythms and things of that 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 nature. You know, like the the like jazzier style of doing doing things. Mm-hmm. You know. Were there any so that, particular? Um, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Kim. I'm sorry. Um, were there any particular rhythm players that you kind of looked up to, like um, from maybe the James Brown bands, or maybe uh, oh, yes. know, Catfish, or anything? oh yeah, oh oh definitely Cat, de- definitely Catfish. You know, see, because you know, in in those times when I was growing up, there actually wasn't a lot of lead guitar playing. You know, there was all these funky little high tony uh, shacks on the guitar and stuff like 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 that. So that's so that's what I like gra- uh, gravitated to. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, man, uh, uh, him and um, uh, I can't remember names. Jimmy right Nolan. Now. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. You know, all these cats. You know. So that that's basically where I where I got my thing from, you know. And you know, uh, uh, I heard this 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 guy. I don't know if you uh, heard of Tom. Uh, uh, what's Tom's last name? Molder. Tom Molden. He did a lot of um, uh, uh, like disco mixing for South for South. So like him and. Um, uh, um, uh, I can't think think of guys' names now, but when, whenever he would come in and mix some of our stuff, he used to always say, "He said, Kim, man, that's why I like mixing you, you guys' stuff, man, because everywhere I turn, if I want some some like guitar to be there, I hit the the fader and bang, it's right there, it's right there. I never have to look for it. It's right there." You know, and that's the kind of thing that I focused on. You know, was was giving that drive. No. So when you guys came up and you had your your greatest success, it was you know at the zenith of the disco era. Um, how much were you guys affected by disco? How did you feel about it? How did you try to strike a balance between disco and funk and some other influences? Well. Well, you know, that was one of the things that that we were pretty pretty good at is that, you know, wherever the the fad was was heading that we were able to uh, to adapt to it. Um uh, uh I never was a fan of of uh, abandoning my true like musical love. You know, but I used to like to take the new and mix it with the old you know to where i would never forget my musical roots you know so that's basically how i how i did it i i never went from 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 fad to fad you know i never you know just completely went in but i would add what what the people were buying you know, because in those days, that that's what it came down to, is who was buying the like records, you know, um, and like whoever was out there spending that money to buy buy the records, that's who you wrote those songs to, 
as as far as like record deals and things you know because like the record industry that's all they wanted was the money well and i know you know for the longest time it was all about getting on radio but in the late 70s it was as much about getting the club djs to play it too at the discos and a lot of records yes. got broken that way too so yes yeah yes 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 and that's you know goes back to the to the studio 54 days and and the, and the roselands and all that kind of stuff you know uh you know because that's that's where just like you said like records got broken yeah yeah and then later on those records were literally broken with the disco backlash but that's another story um <laughs> So in 1980, you guys came with The Funk Is On, and mm -hmm. um, it didn't quite do as well. Uh, How did you feel mm -hmm. about uh, the record and the direction you guys were going at that point? Well, at that point, things were actually starting to get a little, uh, uh, like, rocky between the, the, you know, like the record label, you know, the the pr production and the, and the and the band because because like I said from the beginning it was the three the, the three of us and actually you know with the I got I got my mind made up you know me saying that I didn't even realize how big a record that it was that when they put that out that they actually didn't put any pr promotion behind it. The record just took off by itself before they realized, hey, we have a hit here, you know? And so actually calls were coming in for us to come and do live performances, but it was only the three of us. We only had three because we used like, you know, like studio cats to come in and do this and do and do that, you know? And I mean, like we didn't have a lead singer. I mean, like we didn't have anything. So we were running around putting this band together. Well, that's like another story. So, so it got down to that. But by the Funk Is On album, it started to be become very, like, very. And uh, the I wasn't happy. Because things were starting to go away from the foundation of what we built, you know. And by that time, um, you know, I was starting to really know what the industry was about and how it worked. I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the writers, the the uh the uh, you know the 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 production uh you know all these things of all the signing that we did you know i'm starting to know what i signed because when i signed it i didn't know what i signed i was signing stuff because i've been working all my life to be, become a successful artist and i'm thinking that the people i'm working with they have our back so i was starting to see that that was not the case so this is why disillusioned at that point probably yes yeah. yes you know you know you know with the like publishing and all that kind of stuff you know so so at this time i'm starting to i'm starting to see 
because what was starting to happening up in the New York area was that there were a, a lot of other song song like writers that wanted to write material for for us. I'm talking about guys that have written hits for other people. You know that we were like willing to have because we're hitting a hitting a different plat plateau here, and things were just not going the way that that they should and I think that it started to re reflect in the in the like music because it was coming up to a point where where we were starting to, f to feel like we just don't even care mm. yeah. well like you were saying before about um, the attitude and not being a job and that kind of thing yeah. I think it kind of came across because to me it's maybe you know the weakest album is is the funk mm -hmm. is on for my personal mm -hmm. taste um so interesting to hear the background for sure uh what was going on yeah. and you know for you i guess you were out of your teens and all of a sudden you know the innocence mm -hmm. of being a teenager in the music business sounds like it kind of yes. went away right right you know all of all of the the lights and like the glitter and the excitement you know after for for lack of a better word, I was just getting to the point where I just wasn't going to be pimped anymore, mm -hmm. you know. And that's how I felt. And I said, you know, because I I prayed about it because I'm I'm a very spiritual guy, and I said, you know, this is what I'm going to do. You know, you know, like a lot of the like legal people were saying hey you know you guys guys you got a record deal and everything just just do what you're gonna do but I but I refused to do what we were doing and I wasn't getting paid for it but I see you like reaping all of the benefits of what I'm doing and I just couldn't I just couldn't do that what were your uh, stage shows like and, and during the uh, sort of height of, of instant funk? You know, what was your uh, presentation? Well, what was your presentation like? Well, they were off the chain, and they, they, you know, it's it's off it's off the chain. Like the like the presentation, I mean, it, it was just hyped from 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 the beginning to the end. It's high it's high energy, you know. Um, you know, and that's what I was saying, you know, around those times, you know, like like one of the best tours that we, we were on was with the Barcades and GQ. You know, we we did that for I don't know, for like a minute. And um, you know, and and we and we learned a a lot from the Barcades as as far as live show. You know, you know, live show, I mean Concert like concert ven venue as opposed to a club, it's two different things. It's two. It's two di completely like different worlds, you know. Now, now in a club setting, at 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 that time, you know, we knew how to how to reach the audience and things, but in the arena. Here it is now because in a club you could be on the stage, you could reach out and you could touch that fan. In a concert event, and you up on a ten foot high stage and you got ten ten thousand people there, 
and you have to know how to reach that same person as if you were in a club. So there's different ways. So like the barcades really uh, taught us a lot of things on how to do that. You know, so like the show was def definitely back then and even so more now. You know, I mean, you know, you're, you're not going to come to a show and see me like dang, dancing all across the stage like I was 20, 30 years ago. But the energy is still there. Um, you guys came back with Look So Fine in uh, 82, and I thought it was... Uh I don't know how you felt about it, but I felt like it was more of a return to form from the Funk Is On. Um, catchier songs and mm -hmm. the synthesizers were more prominent. You guys were changing your sound a little bit. Yeah, well, actually, the the uh, the uh, group uh, actually changed in that time. Uh, if you notice, like the Look So Fine album cover just was like a box. You know, it had nobody's picture on it because we had completely changed you know it was the still the same core but uh like the leads uh like singing like maybe james maybe sung two or three songs on it but we had uh like cubby st charles had sang a few things and um another guy i can't remember his name now but that was I mean, things then was, I mean, like, things were right in the midst of the fan. Everything was hitting the fan then, you know. But we had an obligation to finish out our, like, recording deal. I felt like uh, Why Don't You Think About Me should have been a hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, like I said, you know, in those days, I don't know why the record label wasn't, wasn't pushing any anything. They they really weren't. You know, I I think that at that time that that maybe they saw that they didn't want to do anything then either. You know, but I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. Was uh, "Give It to You, Baby" sort of a Rick James answer? Uh, yeah, yes. Yes, because it's got the same drive as uh, I forget the whatever song it was. Give it uh, to me, baby. Yeah, yeah, give it to me, baby. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you know, I I don't even remember how how that song came up, <laughs> but we did it. <laughs> you know, uh, is that the same album that that like the hard the the hard days night was on? No, that's I think the next one. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, another observation I saw on this record, though, that looks so fine, uh, Slam Dunk the Funk, was the same uh, Sun. If you remember Sun, they came out with the song with that same title that same year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you said Sun. Sun came out with Slam yeah. Dunk the Funk yes. also that same year. Yes. yes, yes. Totally different song, though. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> But it's funny, you know, you look back at these things especially and you see like what was sort of in the ether at the time, you know, for the funk groups right. or whatever. A lot of the, the themes and the terms and things kind of right. crossed and the sounds and right, all that. Right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Instant Funk 5, 83, you guys were still chugging along and uh, still on Celso. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, right. 
so we're already into like 83 here how were you feeling about things at that point oh i was you know to be honest honest with you i was just i was just through and i was just could could not wait until this this deal was over with you know that's that's me that's how i was feeling you know um you know but you know creatively you know i i i still felt like an ob an obligation to to do some things that i could do you know i was trying to put that aside and just do what i'm supposed to do you know? were you guys still uh, touring and doing shows in 83 yeah 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 mm -hmm. yeah um who took away the funk to me mm -hmm. was your most sort of like parliament funkadelic influenced kind of track yeah. that you guys yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, around, around that time, you know, see people, you know, guys come in with, with different ideas and different songs and things like that. And they catch on, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I do believe that, that, that the concept could have been like a little more together, but during the time and what was going on, like I understood, you know, but it was a funky song though. <laughs> it was definitely funky. And I felt like you yeah. guys were making a statement, you know, that the funk was kind of not, you know, where was it, you know, at that yeah, point? Yeah, 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 true. Yeah. 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 It's true. You know, but that, but that's the story of, of why you saw from a certain point, it started to be, you know, maybe there's one or two and then rest of them, you know, cause it was a lot that was going, going on inside, inside the unit. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, kinky was the final one. Um, definitely trying something different. The cover didn't look like any of the previous covers that you guys had yes. done. And, and you had some hip hop influence coming in. For the first yeah. time, yeah. Right, right, right. Oh, definitely, yeah. Because that that was around the time where it really started to pop. You know, I'm I'm talking about the hip hop. You know, so uh, you know, and and like I said, you know, like the the personnel of the unit changed. You know, so like we had that a few, a few, a few like people who had that that type of element with them. So. Well, in particular, "Don't Call Me Brother" uh, was very much mm -hmm. like uh, the message by Grandmaster Flash. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that "Don't Call Me Brother." Um, you know, I mean, I I really like that 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 track. I I I wish they had done more like with it. Um, you know, like Bunny had come up with with the idea to do it. You know, but the but the vibe of the track, you know, we we just went all out funk and, and rock with it, you know. Yeah. I and uh, and in other words, like I had fun doing it. Yeah, I like that track. Also let's make love. I mean the bass is kicking on that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, we we do a few of those songs in our show now, you know. 
Well, through it all, I mean, you got you're talking about sort of the uh, spirit and the consistency wavering, but uh-huh. but, but Bunny Sickler was there through through it all, right? I mean, every single race. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, we had to. I mean, that's that that's what our contracts, you know, like stated. You know, you know, like we had to do it. You know, because like I said, that round around that time, you know, things things were were not good but but for the sake of you know like living up to what our obligation was you know you know we had to we had to see it through but you're also still doing the evelyn king stuff like you're on the uh, record she had with i'm in love on it and some of her biggest hits oh yeah yeah oh yeah 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 we well well we actually did her first two albums because after the that she went with Kashif. Yeah. So every, any, everything on her first two albums is all, is all us. So did the relationship sour with, with Bunny at all as you were kind of going through with those changes? Well, I wouldn't say uh, uh, like sour. I would say, um, you know, I can't even think of a word but it wasn't sour strained uh, uh, yeah strained yes yes mm-hmm. yes it was so what happened when the group stopped recording um what happened with you guys well we just started doing live dates you know we we just started doing doing as much as we could like we took a break there for for about five six years and then we started up again and uh, we just started doing a whole bunch of other stuff you know basically just like traveling and 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 performing live you know which is what we're doing now mm-hmm. were you guys interested in getting another record deal or you just kind of were fed up at that point or well uh yeah, maybe right after the South Soul stuff, but as a couple years after that, I was just fed up. You know, I was just fed up. I said I'll just ride out what I have done and and hope that God blesses me. <laughs> uh, so in 2017, I mean, what a double uh thing that was with um, your brother and bunny both mm-hmm. going in the same year yeah um, yeah yeah yes yeah yeah you know when you when things like that happen you know it 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 kind of it it, it kind of make makes you realize what's in what's important and and what isn't you know because like we get to thinking that that we're never going to lose anybody or or you know like the way your life has been your whole time that it's just going to be that way and then things you know like natural things happen and then you get a, a rude awakening you know and that's that's what it was for me you know um you know, my 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 brother and I were very very close. Um, 
so when that loss came, it was it was it was really hard. It was really hard, and uh, and then like Bunny going, you know, after all of the like reconciling and everything, you know, because you know life happens. You know, I'm you know I'm not gonna hate any anybody. You know, so that was like reconciled, and at the end of his life, you know, my my wife and I were there for him. You know, and then then that happens, and then right after that, my my mother dies. You know, and and it was so I'm I'm riding now, but I take that negative force and I and I use it for strength. You know, as far as me going on. You know, because, you know, uh, you know, like, what else are we going to do? You know, <laughs> you know like, what else are we going to do? And you got to do their memories. You got to honor yeah. their memories. You know, that's part yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah, 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 because, you know, when I think of them, I don't think of the negative stuff. You know, I'm, I'm looking at them like laughing and smiling and the things that they used to say and all this kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. So that you know, I just take that sad inner energy and I turn it into positive. Mm -hmm. As you look back on the catalog, which uh, is there is there an album and track that you're is your favorite? Um, favorite? Uh, I don't know if I would say. Well, there's a few in there. You know, like I, I have favorites on every single album. Um, like on the first one I have, I got Remind Made Up. I like Why Why World Sports, which which is a whole is a whole different thing. I like the Witch Doctor. I like the on the first album. I I like the So Glad I'm the One. Uh, you know, Get Down with the Philly Jump. Like the Witch Doctor was. Uh, like the body shine and the witch witch doctor uh what came after that the look the look so fine no uh like the funk is on um i like it it's cool on the funk is on uh, yeah, I like that one too. which i thought should have been the single mm -hmm. i really really did but they but the record company said no we're going with this so i said okay um and um it looks so fine. Can you see where I'm coming from? I really like that one. And um, and like the kinky, I guess, was the don't call me brother. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, those are mostly all among my favorites, too. So. Yeah. Um, so bring us uh, totally up to speed, Kim, with uh, obviously your... your in a holding pattern in a lot of ways due to the COVID uh, situation, mm -hmm. but um, mm -hmm. what do you hope to do once that lifts and how can people keep up with uh, what you and, and Instant Funk is up to? Okay, uh, you know, like the COVID thing has got the whole in industry on, on pause, of course, but, but my wife and I have a company, it's Cakey Pro Productions, and we do our own live events and things of that that nature which uh you can reach us through the instant funk official uh at gmail.com which is our email uh or you can do uh productions uh, 
LLC at uh, gmail.com. And we do that. And like the instant funk uh, thing is that we that we're still doing what we've always done. You know, uh, we're we're still live. We're still funk funk functional. You can reach us on the, on the instant funk official at gmail.com uh, to uh, if you're looking for us to play for you <laughs> or whatever. And but basically, uh, the Cakey uh, Productions is what I basically put most of my time in into. Uh, because most of our instant funk shows that we do do come through come through Cakey Productions, so that's how I do things. But I do other events, uh, um, you know, different funk function ends. People are having uh, uh, like cabarets and different kind of shows, you know. Like. Mm-hmm. Hey Kim, look, man, it's been great talking to you and hearing these stories, and I'm so glad you know you're still with us to share them. That you're still performing, and I can't wait for things to clear so you can keep bringing it to the people like that. Well, thank you, Scott. Once again, I thank you for having me. You know, uh, hey, my my friend, I you know I've gained a new friend now. If you need me for anything, just hit just hit me up. I may do that now that you know how to connect. Okay. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you sir hey back at truth and rhythm headquarters thank you for joining us on another magical ride with truth and rhythm whether you're watching or listening as always thank you so much for your continued interest and support be sure to subscribe go to youtube go to the funk and stuff channel that's where truth and rhythm lives and breathes and thrives also goodies here like tir quick takes and if you subscribe you know what you get the show before anyone else it's free. If you love jazz, funk, R&B, soul, you can't miss it. Pass it along. Tell a friend. Tell family. This audience is growing, and it is a beautiful thing, all coming together for the love of this great music. Also, if you can throw us a buck or two, we could use the support financially, keeping the lights on, keeping the servers going, all these expenses. If you can help support the program, whatever you can give, much appreciated. Go to the funkinstuff.net website. And on the right-hand side of every page, you just click and you can donate through PayPal, credit card, whatever. Very easy to do and so much appreciated. And if you do a sizable donation, I will mention you on the program. Also, drop me a line. Email me at scottg at funkinstuff.net. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the show what you enjoy about the music. Let's just kibitz and uh, talk about stuff, you know, talk music. You'll find that I respond very quickly, and I much enjoy the uh, rapport and the camaraderie and the interaction. Always remember, this is your show, The True Music Lover. So for now, that's all the time we have for this one. It's a wrap. As always, Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, Keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one.